missed it. There you go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another enthralling edition of Saints Radio. And if you had any prophets in the house, you'd never, and who I'm speaking to, you'd never be able to guess what Monica's doing right now. She has a, a Nalgene bottle. She's put water in, and the condensation is emanating out, and she's wiping it off. That's not to say much about what the temperature is in this room. <laughs> well, yeah. Immediately it started sweating. <laughs> this is, this is o- it's only the highest levels of comfort up here in this sound booth. And um, we're very happy to be able to endure it, to be able to reach out to all of you. And we do pray that you're hearing us. And um, that all is well, and that you are enjoying your time in the Lord, and hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day. I know you did at your house, Sister Terrell. No, it wasn't a grill. It was a griddle. It was a oh. it was a frying pan. <laughs> and if, if I had been up here, and when I got home, there it was. Well, that must be nice. Well, she had wanted she had wanted hamburgers, and. Um, so she made special plans to make them. They weren't Pastor Sparrow's burgers. Or I mean, they weren't. They weren't the garlic burgers of Port St. John, but they were. You know, they were. They were really good. And now, can you guess how I, not how I ate mine with with my mouth? Can you guess what I did with that burger? I bet you can't. <laughs> I had it on a a bed of raw spinach and I had some asparagus on the side and a tomato. Mm, that sounds delicious. Sounds like my kind of meal. So I didn't need a, a hamburger with bun and pickles and all that stuff. Because we didn't have any buns due to the dietary pursuits that are going on in the house. But it was good. It was nice to have that. Um, I've had so much chicken lately I feel like I'm going to be clucking, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, we hope you all did well. I mean, Zach, Zach connected with uh, our house yesterday just to say hello and say holiday greetings. And I understand that there was going to be quite a culinary pursuit going on down there in Port St. John as well. I think tilapia was part of it and... Uh, Oh, was it steak, I think? Can you imagine that? And the only question I had was, was any of that famous, uh, uh, that lemon lemon meringue pie going to be there? But he was, he was noncommittal toward that, so I don't know whether Adrian or Vicky were 
going to brew up something like that. But I'm sure in about two nanoseconds, you'll find out there on your phone. So I don't know what anybody else was doing, but it was just nice to have a day where for the whole day here in Dallas, it rained and was cooler. Six o'clock, Katie and I went out and walked, and I even wore a sweater. Can you imagine that, me with my northern blood? That's about all we know, so thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs> Is it over? Yeah, that's it. That's all the chit for the day. Oh, my goodness. October? Yeah, they're looking at October for the, for the actual commencement ceremony. So, anyway, we had a, a nice day of celebration and, and had some, we prophesied over him and spoke words of affirmation and, and really blessed him before he heads back to California. I think he says no pie, Pastor Amy. No pie. Waiting for us to come. Oh my goodness! I, you know, I <laughs> will. I will never forget that Sunday when that pie came rolling in, and it was freshly made. Honestly, I've eaten a lot of things in my life, which you can tell by looking at me, but I have never tasted anything that would be better than that. Don't you agree? That was tremendous. Grown, those lemons were grown on David and Adrian's property. And um, that's that's just terrific. Anybody else want to prophesy about what the what the common common word is that comes when we're doing this booth? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna crank Monica up to full bore here. Here we go. She's gonna be echoing. You're going to be able to hear her all the way to Orlando. All right, there it is. You, you're probably speak, Stereo Sister Peak. So it doesn't look like either one of them are working. Well, testing one, two, one, two. into this podcast <laughs> stop talking about food oh, that's all the way up okay we should be okay now you're you're just as loud as you can be so say a few I more t- i tell you what i mean noah's going to be heading back to to back to santa barbara in a couple of days and he is <laughs> he is such a cook like katie i mean he loves to cook like yesterday was a celebration for him and i I said, son, what would you like for me to do? I mean, what would you like for me to serve? And he, of course, had the recipe that he wanted to make. And and I said, but that means you're doing it. And he said, but that's that's what I love to do. So I hope I don't just wither away after he leaves. <laughs> oh, it's nice to have a chef in the house. It really is. So mm. is the sound okay, guys? It should be fine now. I mean, you... I can probably hear you on Mars. (laughs) 
So I'm going to talk about. I'm going to. I'm going to mention something spiritual. Okay, please bring us. Bring us into the realm. Vicky said my voice just came on. It did. Yes. Um, good. I hope I didn't say anything that was just really, really riveting. The first ten minutes of this broadcast. <laughs> um, on Sunday, I gave testimony, and I, I really just wanted to 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 follow up and clarify something that I said because um, I talked about the woman with the issue of blood and about her pressing into the hem of of the garment of Jesus and that hapto, you know, that fire that, that comes in him saying, who touched me, virtue has left me, which we know is dunamis. And and I, I spoke of, of being up here on um, Friday for the, the Saints Network French seminar where Pastor Ron had asked me to come and teach one of the sessions, which was a great blessing for me to do. And, um, you know, I had been experiencing this, this issue and had had some minor surgery on behalf of it. And I was waiting for the report of the doctor throughout that seven days leading up to that Friday. And I had intend, I had expected to hear something on Thursday because that's when my doctor had told me that he would call. But of course, they're certainly, um, subject to whenever the pathology lab calls. So I guess the point that I want to make is that I mentioned that I was up here on Friday and because I had not heard the report from the doctor, even though I was believing the report of the Lord and I knew that everything was going to be okay, hearing from the doctor was going to just seal the deal. You know, it was something that I really needed to hear. And, and during that last 24 hours, I guess I should say, you know, the enemy comes in and he tries to bring fear. He tries to bring this uncertainty. You haven't heard because he wants you, he wants to tell you when you come in and see him next week. And, you know, just the way the enemy just plays those games with you. And so it was somewhat of a battle for me, those 24 hours. But at the same time, I, I had peace and I knew that the Lord was healing me. I knew that the Lord was going to give me a good report. But still, we still face the fear. I mean, we overcome, but if we don't walk through it, it's like God doesn't deliver us through it. He delivered from it. He delivers us through it. Point being is when I came up here to do the teaching, and I did mention this, that I, in the middle of the session, I felt this fire that just surged through my body. And I had mentioned that I was expecting to feel this supernatural touch from the Lord of healing. Just during the process, I, I was just expectant of that. I knew the Lord was going to touch my body, and I knew that I was going to know when he did it. And at that point on Friday, I had not experienced that, and that was part of my trepidation. And so I was asking the Lord, you know, I was, I was talking to the Lord about it. So when I came up here and, and I was in this booth, and I was, I was doing what you had asked me to do out of obedience and out of my calling— from the Lord, and I, I felt that surge of the dunamis come through my body. It was like fire, and I knew in the midst of it that that was the touch of the Lord, and so my testimony, I, that's just what I want to clarify. I just want to clarify that, you know, sometimes in the pathway of healing or the pathway of the deliverance of the Lord, whatever it is that you're walking through, sometimes you just have to step out in faith and step into your calling. 
and 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 be obedient to that and in the midst of that what do we talk about dunamis i mean dunamis is function dunamis is is and that fire is what ignites that function and so the whole experience for me spiritually was me being obedient to be where i'm supposed to be to be who i'm supposed to be and to do what i'm supposed to do before the lord and as i was obedient to that he met me in that place and he touched my body and ignited that dunamis in me and ignited that function and i really felt like it was to to ignite and to propel me into the next season because the enemy was trying to tell me i wasn't going to move forward you know the enemy was trying to tell me that i was going to have to deal with sickness and treatment you know and all those things and that was a lie from the enemy and so I guess I just wanted to just clarify what I meant when I said that on Sunday morning, that I know that the Lord touched my body. I know that the Lord healed my body. And I just want to give thanks to him for that. But I also want to say that so much of of what we do and so so much of our walk with him is partnership. Every part of it is partnership. It is him, him being there. And us reaching our hand out and extending ourselves to touch his garment or to 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 take his hand, you know, his empty hand, that that hand of of emptiness that leads you to the point of the miraculous and to see what he will do in your life. And so I, I guess I say that to say whatever you're contending with today, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're believing the Lord for. The Lord is faithful and he is faithful to bring whatever it is that he's promised you to a point of completion and a point of fulfillment and a point of victory but i just want to encourage you to to meet him there and to extend your hand there and to step into your calling whether it's just simply intercession which is not something that's insignificant i mean that's so significant whatever it is in this hour I just want to encourage you to step into that in the fullness of what God's called you to and let his dunamis just touch you and propel you into um, just the fullness of what he has for you in this season. This is not a dormant season. This season has been more active in the Lord than just about any season we've experienced. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. And so um, I really just wanted to clarify and I just wanted to encourage anybody that's dealing with um any difficulty or just you feel like you're just in a holding place or you just feel like you know you're in this pause just partner with him in it and and let it become all that he has ordained for it to be because his way is perfect and um, he wants the fullness of that in your life so that's it well that's a good word we're very grateful that the Lord showed himself strong on your behalf. It's a very, very good thing to hear that proclaimed for the saints, and we're all very thrilled that you've passed through two major hurdles in the past six weeks. And um, now we look forward to what is coming. Amen. In a good way. Mm-hmm. In a better way. Yes. Maybe you uh, 
who are listening are facing some things right now. It could be something that's been coming against your physical body, or it could be just a circumstance that's that's troubling you continually. I, I don't I don't know what it might be, but I do know that in this season, the Lord is bringing things to a culmination, and He's preparing us for going into the new and um, that new is not just from a standpoint of something that we've not known but the new is something that he has laid forward to to unveil and so we're being prepared to partner with him in that and part of that is resolution you know you don't want to take an old garment into the new you don't want to bring the soilings of uh, the past wineskins into the new. Um, you, you, you have to have those garments that have been rolled in blood. <coughs> you mentioned the other day that, I don't remember how many years ago it was that we taught on that, how that, that really symbolized you take it and you burn it so that you can get new garments. Um, that's what's happening right now. And there, there's a lot of things that the Father, it's not just re, um, resolving circumstances, but it's within, you know, you, you dealing with issues that are, um, that are, I don't know what the word is, there's so many factors that make you vulnerable, that maybe you've overcome, but there is a you know, there's a roiling there that that still needs to be cleansed and, and taken away. Uh, it's like the residue of past victories and past battles, and those things have to be have to be out. And that, to me, is a major factor that the Father is working. And not only not only is He doing that, but He's testing you in those things to see. Um, your responses to to see whether everything is is really rectified and um, don't discount don't discount that that time and I, I wonder I wonder too whether that's not part of the waiting in God part of the waiting is your trust in him part of the waiting is your um, your willingness to submit yourself. But I, I wonder, like in Pentecost, if there wasn't one of the reasons that 75% of those folks didn't show up for Pentecost was because God was trying to do this kind of thing in them and they weren't having any of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even Elijah up on the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. what are you doing here? And he went off on all the things that were the past. And, you know, God did all those displays and um, then the same question, are you still, are you still in that same nonsense? (laughs) Sequester yourself in your mantle. 
So I do think that that is a significant thing for this moment. And um, uh, in some ways, I enjoy it because I know it's God's process. And in other ways, I don't like dealing with, you know, the enemy's always going to try to come in one way. He's always going to try to preempt. He's always going to try to come in uh, to hinder the momentum. And we've studied about that in a lot of different ways from Scripture. And um, in the midst of this preparation, there have been things that I have not really enjoyed dealing with the enemy. And, of course, you never enjoy dealing with the enemy, but there, 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 are, there are some weird days ahead. So we've got to enjoy the Lord We've got to submit ourselves to him. We're not in fear. We're not fascinated by it, that what, what might, we might deal with in the future. But we've, we've got to take full advantage of, of this hiatus that the Lord has given us and let him do his perfect work. Um, anything? I don't know. I just, I, I think about the scripture where it talks about he tries to wear out the saints. And I, I understand that in a lot of ways. We've experienced that, you know, different seasons where we know that that's what he's trying to do. But I know that there's been moments over the last number of weeks where in the process of of overcoming you can either rise up in the strength of the lord or you can succumb to the the exhaustion <laughs> that that kind of contesting can bring and and you know i know that there's been moments where and I know there's probably been moments in all of our lives where we have been in the midst of battle. And I've even said this to you, Pastor, over the course of the last couple of months. You know, I don't feel like I have the energy to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, I mean, my flesh is, t- I mean, this is exhausting to me. I feel like I've expended all that I have in this battle. And, and it, it has been battle since, I mean, since the, the turn of this year. I mean, I have felt... We have contested and contended for everything that we have gained. And and yet it is the Lord's battle. And he has said that to me so many times over the last couple of weeks. The battle is the Lord's. And and I just have to we all just have to stand and 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 be ready to to pray and and to believe and to to fight when we need to fight and to stand and when you do know not what else to do or I forget the the way it's, they say it when you've done all there is to do stand <laughs> you've done all to stand when you've stand done all to stand stand therefore thank you but um i think you may have been quoting from the book of hesitation <laughs> there for a minute yeah it just wasn't there but yeah but um 
Because there, you know, waiting is, is is very tiring. But his presence, he will occupy that space if we will just not allow fear and and frustration and doubt and unbelief. We have to really guard ourselves up from all of those things and just stand in faith, knowing who he is, because that is the bottom line. It's to know who it is that we're serving and um, because he's everything and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and he is the almighty God and he will not fail us ever. So there's just there's just so much um so much to the process that he has had us on it had us in and it's not over. I mean it's and you know sometimes I wonder lord you know why are you allowing this you know this contingency of the enemy to come against us and this one and this one and why you know why pastor why are you having to battle some of these things um that you've expressed over the course of the last number of months but he's he's allowing it all to prepare us and to mature us and to um, to really strengthen us for what lies ahead. And that's basically what you said. So it's all good. It is all good. But, you know, life is not easy. <laughs> and um, but it's like I said on Sunday, and I fully believe this. Inner peace manifests outer joy. And so find him and know his peace and walk in that and and let that joy, which subsequently is being faithful to fulfill what he has for you to fulfill, his will, let that manifest in your life. And that's an incredible point of strength. So... Yes. You know, it takes us just as much energy to rejoice as it does to complain. I'm sorry. I meant to say that the other way around. It's just as easy to rejoice as it is to complain. And it's much, much more fruitful. (laughs) So. Well, that's a good exhortation. Thank you. Amen. You know, we... It's so it's so strange because I think any of you who are taking the time to actually listen to this podcast um, are believers in what God has given the saints to be and to do. And we recognize that this really is... God's end time army. It really is. And um, one of the things that Katie and I did yesterday was we watched a couple hours of a program that was about um, um, America, the history of America and food corporations and so 
particularly they talked about H.J. Hines. They talked about Clarence Birdseye. They talked about Marjorie Post. They talked about um, Kellogg up in Battle Creek. And particularly with Birdseye, who revolutionized, revolutionized frozen foods and invented the machine that freeze, that quickly freezes food. He had this whole thing ready, but the problem was America wasn't ready for it. People didn't have refrigerators. Grocery stores didn't have the capacity to freeze things. So here he is with this brilliant wave of the future, with all the technology. God obviously gave it to him. But it was before America was ready for it. And the same thing with um, um, Hershey, with the, with the candy process. I mean, and, and it went on down the line. Even McDonald's and even Colonel Sanders with Kentucky Fried Chicken, he went bankrupt because he had this special blend of 11 herbs and uh, spices, and he developed a new way to fry chicken. And he took the French uh, steam cooker and modified it so that you could put oil in there. And But he went bankrupt. And I see all these giants of industry who had the insights for food that were way ahead of where society was. And just about all of them almost went out of business because they had it already and nobody nobody else was ready to take it. Now why am I saying this? We have the meat. I'm not saying people other people don't have sustenance in the spirit realm. But we have what God has given for what we clearly see in the Bible is coming. And I I don't really know every one of those people I mentioned, they just kept at it. And um um you know, interesting about Marjorie Post, I th I'm going to encourage the twins to study her because her father was C.W. Post. And as a young man, when he was one of the wealthiest men in America, he, he committed suicide because he thought he had some disease that he couldn't be free from. He had no proof of that, but he killed himself. And so his daughter, at 27 years old, inherited what was just a couple of cereals and all the corporate world including the board of directors of her father's company were trying to dismiss her but she got insights and created what is general foods and became one of the champions of american industry because she was given insight and every one of those other people I mentioned, there was some kind of a tipping point breakthrough that then helped them. And I, I, I feel I was watching this fascinated because, you know, we've eaten all these foods. I mean, we've seen you go past McDonald's, you go past current. That's what we ate in India, KFC. It was a lot spicier over there. But, you know, all of these different things and where I'm going is,
God has given us phenomenal things, and we know they're from God. I mean, the, the insights the, from the Scripture are amazing. And, and we, we thank God for that. But I think if any of us are paying attention, most of the general church doesn't have any time for us. They're doing their own thing. They're, they're not equipped or willing to be equipped for what God has given, what he wants the world to have. But one by one, over and over again, I mean, it was just fascinating. It was on the History Channel these major things that we still that we still see today um, are are really where we are as we're bringing forth the meat of the word of god and the practice of what should be like birds eye he developed this freezing system mcdonald's the two mcdonald brothers developed how to make these burgers and get them out quick. Colonel Sanders, when he first started making chicken, he couldn't keep up with the demand. And so he had to create a way to make this food quickly so that the people could be out there. And what that did and all of those things was set the standard for what everybody else was going to do in future. And everybody else still does to this day. And I was after I watched that, I thought, this is really a word in season because every one of those people it looked like they were done when they had it all right there and believe me I have felt that way and I know you undoubtedly have too we love the Lord we know what he's given but it's like you're waiting on his timing you're trying to get it but it's just frustrating to say here it and Jesus did the same thing you know he, he would say things like, how many times do I have to tell you this? How long do I have to deal with you? Oh, you of little faith. Oh, you, because of your iniquities, you've got hardness of heart. And open your ears if you have an ear to hear. He said those things over and over again. Moses stood up and said, you, and this is what got him into trouble. You ingrates, you, you rebels, how many times do I have to say these things to you? You're just as corny as your relatives who croaked in the wilderness <laughs> and you know so i i have dealt with that and and uh, you know i'm not saying oh poor me but what i'm saying is we all can see these principles any new invention not just in the in the food industry but even westinghouse who competed with edison i mean how many things did he have got fired from one job because of the air brakes that revolutionized the the train uh, industry and how many other nuclear energy uh, building nuclear power plants which his company then went on to do which now is is everywhere but at the time it was done we don't want anything to do with that and so um you know, and I guess prophetically, you know, Carnegie, who w welcomed the Bessemer Project to turn iron into the, the type of galvanized steel that we use now so it doesn't just rust out all the time, he got that ready just in time for the railroad boom. 
And I, I, I think that one of the ways, one of the reasons the enemy has been so furious with us is that he can see these same principles and we, we need a breakthrough. We, we need one of those God moments that will take what he's prepared us for and what he's given us and make it applicable, well, not applicable, to make it the message of the saints and the, and the realizations that are in his word to make it be seen by those that have been called to be saints. And we have to have that. Only God can do that. I mean, only God can do that. And because it, I can't. I firmly and fully agree that I am powerless to do that. I can't make the God moment. I just pray that we're ready. And I think that's part of what this season's for, to get us ready. But... Um, and then once it's out there, how do we manage it? You know, how, how, we're not managing it, but how are we able to step into a new role of being a council and facilitating? How are we ready? It's not just running around being anal and supervising everybody. I can't do that. I won't do that. I mean, if God be God, serve him. You know, Joshua didn't say, you know, who's on the Lord's side? Instead of saying, who's on the Lord's side, let him come, he didn't say, okay, I'm going to be watching all of you. I'm going to be monitoring what you do. You better get with it. God never does that kind of thing. Angels wonder about that. Like the, the one that came up from Gilgal and many that I've seen, they wonder, what is wrong with humans? You've got the treasures of the kingdom. God has given you his word. Act like it. So I think one of the things that I'm, I think that was a word in season last night, which is better than any preacher I could have heard, I can tell you that, is to put those equations together and say, look at this, any new thing that revolutionizes society is going to almost fall flat. You can just carry it on. Look at the Apple guys in the Steve Jobs in his garage. They couldn't give that stuff away. I mean, they, they almost had to coerce somebody to buy the first ones. It's, it's always that way. And so we need to believe for and not miss the moment of the Lord. Uh, we need to believe for that breakthrough and then be ready as it comes. And I firmly believe that's... That's one of the things that we're being prepared for. It's, it's interesting. I don't want to belabor this too much, but this bird's eye guy, he was really smart and he went to Cornell and he, he went to some other prestigious schools. And he said, he just was frustrated. So he went up into northern Canada and lived with the Inuit people which was really kind of strange. And one day he he saw the way these people up there would freeze their food. And um, he, he brought in some fish that he'd caught, and they were frozen solid because it was like 40 degrees below up there. And he put this fish in the pan. It was frozen solid. 
And he heard a noise, and he turned around, and, and when the warmth of that fire got that fish and it started to thaw, it started flopping around oh and jumped gosh. out of the pan and onto the floor. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine, imagine that? Oh, no. And so he That's... recognized that this was something that the world needed to be able to freeze something quickly because if you froze it in the way that they had been freezing it, it, the food didn't taste right because they said because something cellular happened. If you did it quickly, the cells didn't change. But if you did it slowly, the cells would break open and the flavor of the food would be gone. Yeah, so did they talk at all about just, I guess, the process after the invention that came when they began to, like, augment all their food and put chemicals in them to try oh, to preserve no. well they weren't they weren't doing that then <laughs> i know it's just such a shame no. i hear i think about all those major brands like post cereal i mean just just the way that it it is what it has become because i remember talking to a, a a salmon fisherman that that was his occupation he was a salmon fisherman he would spend so many months in alaska and go and and fish and that was his livelihood. And, and hearing him talk like I was asking about, so when I go to Whole Foods and I go to the fish counter and I, I want to buy some salmon, is it fresh? And he says, no. They, chem, they put chemicals in it to make it taste good for you. But no, it is absolutely not fresh. But then you, you can go to a restaurant and ask the waiter, is your, fresh, is your fish fresh? And they'll say, it's fresh frozen. I can't tell you how many times I've yeah. heard it's fresh frozen. Okay, what does that mean? It's fresh frozen, but is it fresh? It's fresh frozen. So I guess what they're saying is, as soon as it's caught, it's frozen. I guess to maintain Maybe. what your the integrity yeah. of the flavor. Um, and the, and if that's what they did, mm-hmm. then they didn't do any of these injections or anything. right. But what they do at the supermarket, the supermarket is supermarket is different. Yeah, that was the yeah. craziest story. I I so enjoyed watching that because. First one, it was fascinating, but for the other thing, one by one, I kept seeing every one of these major things that have revolutionized America and the world. Or resisted. Resisted and almost fell apart because the people weren't ready for it. Yeah. Or society wasn't ready for it. And and they even talked about how the candy bar industry, you know, Hershey developed this Nobody knew how to make milk chocolate here. In fact, it was different from what it was in Europe. And they kept experimenting and experimenting, and he finally found what became Hershey. And then Mars, Mars candy bars um, from Minneapolis, Minnesota came, and they had the idea for the Milky Way. And then so they started buying cocoa from Hershey and but everything they they almost went out they almost went out of business because they couldn't but but that but because Hershey made the pathway it was a lot easier for them and people were ready for it but they made um uh well this is the longest it's it I'm going off target here but the point is is that I think that we are definitely at a point like this and I felt this way for a long time and you know this more than anybody I have grieved over 
the fact that we know God has given the truth of his word. And it's just, it's, it's like it's in holding. And, and, and it's God's timing. It's not ours. But it's been frustrating uh, from a human standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint because you kind of grieve that people aren't, aren't really ready or they want other things. Um, it, it, it's, it's fascinating. So I'm believing the Lord for a lot of different miraculous, we said transition for a couple of years now, and he's been doing that. And, I, you know, I, I wonder whether some of the assignments and some of the attacks that have come personally have not been to try to take us out, but to, to make us take ourselves out. And the threats of the enemy and the, you know, and, and then you, you bring to the good thing of the refinement of the Lord. Um, and I, I was thinking about this, too, because I know that there's some times where the enemy comes and he tries to test. And I don't like that. I don't like this new strategy. I was mentioning earlier that it, it's kind of like emotional napalm. You know, we talk about the fiery darts. Um, there are tests that are to see if we're up to where we should be. But sometimes I think, like you read in the book of Job, sometimes the appearance of God creates that kind of scenario. Not temptation, because God doesn't tempt anybody. God isn't trying to deceive us. I'm not saying that. But I think sometimes you read in the Bible about Job being terrified by God and his hair standing on end and and in the night season and and you have some real discussions going on between Job and God and God says who who do you think you're talking to and are you my counselor where were you when I you know and those are some real unique discussions at a time when Job was being tested and the enemy was um really the man of God the the the, the representatives of God were on display there. Um, so I'm just rambling now. Uh, interesting. Really interesting. But I took heart in that. You know? I mean, th okay, think about the brilliance of this. This had to be a God moment. This guy comes out of northern Canada. Who are we talking about? Bird's eye. He's got this idea. But nobody has the technology. There's not even a market for it. But he knows this is the way things have to be. And he designs this phenomenal freezing equipment. It was, it was a miraculous insight how they how he came up with that and built the thing and it worked but the problem was only local people could use it because there weren't any insulated refrigerated trains uh, we didn't have trucks that could insulated uh, and frozen that could take it across country and um 
And the breakthrough came because this Marjorie Post heard about him. She made the trip to see him and said, I have the structure here. We, we, have an inter, we have a national structure here. I can put my money into this. We can make freezers for the stores, give it to them so that they then can display our stuff and sell it. And because of that woman, that young woman, I mean, it's just amazing. But those kinds of things have to happen. But we have to be very careful because, like, Branham, the thing that destroyed William Branham was that he and Gordon Lindsay were doing things in the way that was just honest and above board. And they both felt that God wanted to take his ministry so that it could be made available to more people. A couple of shysters came and said, we know how to do this. We'll show you how to get into markets. We'll show you how to do these things. And they were, Lindsay saw they were shysters. And he, he blessed Brother Branham and stepped away and then subsequently formed CFNI in Dallas here. But Branham soon found out these guys were just, they were in it for the dough. They weren't really in it for the ministry. And so we have to be really careful that we don't sell, sell out for a handful of beans. Um, so... I guess I'm giving, we're giving things for everybody to pray about because we all care deeply about the things that God has given to all of us. And we recognize an intercession in prayer. We Listen, from this house, I think I can say this, but I know I'm saying words you would easily say. We absolutely cherish the commitment and the fidelity and the friendship of, of all of you who have stood in the gap for the Lord. And we've all eaten the same spiritual meat and the same spiritual drink, that pneumaticos, um, that pneumaticos provision. And I think we all know that for the army of the saints of the end time, there's going to have to be an exponential event or there's going to have to be an exponential spiritual tipping point where God does something that is astounding. And I, 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 I don't know how he's going to do it, but I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be shipwrecked before we come into port. And, and I, I don't want this message to go belly up um, and then have to be resurrected later on. And people say, oh, if they had just had this back then, it would have been great. I think God wants to carry us through. But in large part, that this thing that I've just been laboring your ears with is, is in the same um, dimension what Moses, what caused him problems, what caused Elijah problems, um, even Joshua, who didn't fail, he would say the same things to these people. And so we're we're in the, we're in the time of the end. Um, it may to paraphrase Churchill, 
we may not be in the end, but we're certainly at the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. And so we see what the scriptures say is coming. We see the saints everywhere. I got excited. I showed you I bought a book that's just out, and I'm not going to say anything about it, but it's called The Saints. And I so I bought this book, and I read it, and I bless it. But it was more like a self-help book. It wasn't what we know from the scripture the saints are. And I got really excited because I thought, Lord, is this a beginning of the breakthrough where other people are starting to see that there's more than just hearing a nice song and having Jesus handle all your problems. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just waiting for that breakthrough point. And, um, you know, there's a reason David had to encourage himself in the Lord right before he, um, he stepped into a kingdom role. We have about 10 minutes left. I've been going on. What, what say ye? Well, just in, in your deliberations before the Lord, when you think about this breakthrough, because I, I, I know that there's other intercessors, there's other voices that get fresh revelation and that are speaking the revelation for, of the Lord. I mean, of course. But, I mean, what does that look like for you? What to you? What I mean, well, when there's a breakthrough, when there's an opening and you see, when we can see like an opening, like you mentioned this book, I mean, have you thought about what that's going to look like? Well, what it's going to look like to me is, you know, if you were to say, I'm just picking this number out of the hat. What are the five top things that make a saint a saint, what would they be? Diversities of tongues. Laying on your face before God, not just to soak and to rest, but to, but to really commit for the kingdom to come. Um, what else? Sanctification. I mean, enduring. What, what it really means. Yeah, to, to set yourself apart and give your life. To know the Father mm-hmm. and to do His will, want to partner with Him on behalf of restoration, mm-hmm. because His will—and we're just talking—His mm-hmm. will can mean anything for people. Um, so I guess that breakthrough is when we actually see people doing that, and. You know, I know there are people with a hunger. You've talked to me about this. There are people who have a hunger to intercede. And what is it that you always tell me? But they really need to be taught about, they have questions for what it is, what it means. What 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 really do you do here? Well, they don't have the revelation of diversities of tongues. I mean, that, that probably is the key. The, yeah, the entry point into... To intercession, I've got friends that that are I, I've I've watched God radically transform their life in God and see Him call them into service, and they say to me, "I don't know how to pray in the Spirit," you know, and and so and even like leaders that I see in other churches that I know are hard after God. I mean, and they're trying to lead this congregation of young 
people that have this passion for the Lord and worship in prayer, but they don't know how to pray in diverse tongues. I mean, that message needs to get in there and for them to receive and have that gift imparted into them so that they can go. I mean, these are people that have been interceding or praying their whole Christian life. Mm-hmm. And it's still the ba ba da ba da ba ba, you know. And I'm not making fun well, because we've true. all been there. It's true. But the, for them not to have that revelation, it's not their fault. They just, how will God open that door? And and like you said, we better be ready to step into that door with humility and authority, and and begin to teach and impart to these congregations because once it starts. It's not going to stop. I mean, we're talking masses of people. And so, you know, I'm with you. I mean, I, I can I can I can see one church just in our metroplex that is pulsing ready for that message. But until God opens that door, we just we just keep ready, you know, being prepared. Yeah. But it's you know, it's going to have to be his appointment. Yeah, it, it is. <clears throat> and when it comes, I think the sacrifice that we made and that so many of you made, when you see it, you don't hesitate. Mm-mm. You're willing to lay down your reputation. You're willing to lay down all the nonsense that that usually goes on in churches. Well, maybe not all the nonsense, but a good portion of it. Just like we had to do and just like you had to do. And I, I pray that that same, whatever overcoming crown God gave us because we were willing, I say we now, corporately, all of us, were willing to do, that that authority would impact those people. But see, again, this isn't just a flash in the pan. This isn't the next little thing that's coming and let's wait. Um this is, you know, the enemy's not messing around. I mean, I hate to bring up this this thing, but, you know, some of the influences that the saints are battling in intercession right now are new. They have been reserved. Oh, yeah. And they're crafty. I mean, they, and I, so this isn't a mess around kind of thing, you know. And I, you know, the, the, the word that keeps being said, the old normal is not going to be here. It's the new normal. Well, I remember that book that Watchman Nee wrote about, what was it called? The Normal Church? I don't know. Something to do with normal. If, if the evangelist, I don't know about you, was here, he could tell us. But, um, I mean, the, the, the new that God is going to require is going to insist upon these principles of a saintly walk being ingrained into people because that's the only thing that's going to defeat this and serve the father that's the only thing it's it's not going to be an edict from president trump that william barr is going to you know bring a justice department lawsuit against you if you don't let the saints do this I mean, that ain't going to happen. That's just not. We better be praying for our country. I hope we're praying for our country. 
because man oh man there's a lot of nefarious influences out there that would would love to just wipe out the church and they're they're not very far away from being elected and put forward in the name of being a good citizen so we better pray proactively for what's coming and recognize that our intercession is reaching into that and that maybe that's one of the reasons we're facing the things we face because we're kind of feeling some of the things that are that are there in the future so boy okay any announcements to make since we're out of time right now and Robin's got the cursor ready to go um this week is coming up on Pentecost Sunday. We are praying for Brazil these next several days. Um, so be faithful to pray for them, the saints and the army of the saints there. Um, anything? Uh, no, we pray for West Virginia and Ohio at the end of in the On weekend. Sunday, yeah. yeah. Our last month. Seventh month, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, and um, we appreciate you. And God bless you all, and we'll just look forward to... Uh, the next time that we can talk together again. Adios, amigos. <laughs>